My name is Phoebe Dubar, also known as IKSRE. I'm a vocalist, viola player, music producer, certified practicing sound healer, and card-carrying audiophile who experiences the world through her ears. And over the coming weeks, we're going to dive deep into the topic closest to my heart, sound. What is it? Why does it make us feel the way that it does? We'll speak to experts and I'll even treat you to a few sound healing practices along the way. Welcome to What is Sound? Recorded on the stolen lands of the Bunurong and Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation. Always was, always will be. If you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. Nikola Tesla. Welcome to episode three. What even is sound healing? So friends, before we begin, I want to check in with you and ask you something. Since listening to the last couple of episodes, are you hearing the world any differently? Are you maybe hearing the birds chirping and the leaves rustling even amongst the cars and the buses? Are you leaving your earbuds at home and using your morning walk time to become more present? I hope you are. It's the one thing that I'd really love for you to take from this podcast. So before we dive into sound healing, what even is it and how it works, I just want to recap on how sound works from episode one in case you forgot. In short, it's a wave or vibration which travels through matter. The denser the matter, the louder and faster it travels. It's measured in decibels or loudness and hertz or frequency or pitch. The body experiences sound via the eardrum. So that matter that vibrates with the wave of sound, in us, that's our eardrum or tympanic membrane. This tiny area of connective tissue vibrates and in doing so sets off a chemical, then electrical chain reaction that in turn impacts the entire body. Back to frequency. So the human ear can hear between about 20 hertz and 20,000 hertz, though if you like me are now considered middle-aged, that's probably dropped to about 17,000 to 18,000 hertz. Sorry. And your young kids, they can hear higher than 20,000 hertz. It explains why they probably point out sounds that you swear you can't hear. They hear them, you just can't. And animals, they can hear way higher than this, up to nine times higher in the case of dolphins and whales. But it's not just us and our animal friends. Everything has a frequency it's vibrating at. So the world is full of vibrations everywhere. But thankfully, most of which are way too high or too low for us to hear. That's okay. We should be grateful for that. If we could hear super high stuff that's going on all the time, like Wi-Fi, TV signals, or that sort of stuff, or even the constant low-frequency rumble of the Earth's vibration, which is 7.83 hertz, also known as the Schumann frequency, we'd go crazy. But regardless of whether we can hear a particular vibration or not, 
the entire body feels it on some level. Sound waves from the man-made world wash over us at every second of every minute and every hour of every day. It's constant and our nervous system simply isn't equipped to deal with it. We're basically still cavemen, but we're living in a world with very un-caveman-like things. So how do we take a break from this? Well, I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) This is where practices such as forest bathing, flotation tanks, mindfulness directed at the breath, and sound healing come in so, so handy. Yes, after two episodes, here we are, the stuff that you probably came here to find out about from me. It's kind of my thing. So what even is sound healing? On the surface, it may seem like sound healing is a modern invention. I mean, it's only recently that sound baths and crystal bowls have been showing up in every yoga studio from Mongolia to Madrid. But this seemingly modern practice is rooted deeply in the past, the ancient past. You see, here in the West, we think of sound or music as an art form, as entertainment. It's something produced by professional musicians and sold or given as a product, either live or recorded. We think of music or sound as popular music, be it Beethoven or Bieber, it's all the same. It's a product. But look further back in time and you'll see that music never used to be this way. Music as medicine was the norm. From the East to the West, every ancient culture on earth has used sound for treating health concerns, in ritual and ceremony, and in conjunction with the natural cycles of the earth. Some examples being gongs throughout Asia. Singing bowls in Tibet and the Himalayas. Drums in the Americas, Asia, Africa, Europe... Chanting throughout Asia. And of course, the Yidiki in Australia. But how does it even work? Next week, we're going to chat with someone who can enlighten us on this in a far deeper way. But for now, here's the rough overview. Sound healing works in a bunch of different ways. On a really simplistic level, a sound bath is an hour of mindfulness. It's an opportunity for participants to lie down, close their eyes and be present for an hour. Something that we rarely get to do in this rush, rush modern world of ours. But it's way more powerful than just that. Once we're lying there, that's when the magic happens. And in the hands of an experienced sound healer, these instruments, which create such pure vibrations, begin to work on us physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. These frequencies created can tune us up 
almost like a musical instrument is tuned. Because remember, we are vibration and these instruments are in turn vibrating and influencing our vibrations. Not only our bones, tissues and organs, but our energy centers or chakras and even our emotional and spiritual bodies. Sound healing also allows us to drop into the parasympathetic nervous system. This is where we rest, digest and heal. It's a state of deep relaxation, something which, alas, we rarely feel in this crazy modern world of ours. But without regularly tapping into it, we end up sick and stressed out. Sound healing also helps to slow down our brainwaves, allowing us to deeply rest. It frees excess energy or tops up depletions in our energy centers or chakras. It helps heal physical injuries and it even allows us to process trauma. And all you need to do is simply lie down, close your eyes and open your ears. Your body will know what needs to do. Simply guide it with an intention. So now let's dive into one instrument which is incredibly popular in sound baths and has been used in sound healing for millennia. Which one are we talking about? Bowls. No, not those bowls. These ones. Singing bowls. Called as such because they sing when played. So where did they come from and how do they work? You see, there's two different types and they both have very different origin stories. Himalayan or Tibetan singing bowls are old. We don't know exactly how old, given there's so little written history out of Tibet, but we know that they've been used for a very, very long time, somewhere between 2500 BC and 250 BC. These shiny, beautiful metallic bowls are made from seven different types of metal, each bowl having a different quantity of each metal depending on the secret recipe, which is handed down from generation to generation. They include gold, silver, iron, mercury, tin, copper and lead. And each metal represents one of the planetary bodies visible to the naked eye, being the sun, moon, Mars, Mercury, Jupiter, Venus, and Saturn. These beautiful bowls produce sound either by being struck or being played around the rim. So from ancient bowls from Tibet to something more modern, a lot more modern, crystal singing bowls. Despite being found on display in most yoga studios, these stunning instruments have very modern origins. Somewhere between the 80s or 90s in Silicon Valley, California. Yep, Believe it or not, quartz crystal singing bowls were originally a byproduct of the manufacturing of silicon chips for computers. The original bowls made from quartz were used as crucibles or containers for the production of the chips that now power your phone, your computer, basically your whole life. At some stage, someone discovered that they sounded gorgeous when played like their ancient metal cousins. 
I don't know about you, but I like to envisage some bowls being left out on the footpath for hard rubbish collection and someone accidentally hitting one and discovering how beautiful they sounded. Regardless of whether this is a true story or not, they now are a staple in the arsenal of anyone working in sound healing. And since their humble origins, they've been refined significantly. Most bowls available are still made from quartz crystal. They're the cloudy white bowls, which can sometimes also be dyed in bright colours. But my weapon of choice and that of my interviewee in a couple of weeks are alchemy bowls, so-called because of their alchemic combination of other crystals and minerals. Again, like the metal bowls, they're played around the rim, or struck. So in the coming two weeks, we're going to dive deeper into these topics of sound healing and crystal singing bowls, thanks to interviews that I had with two leaders in both these fields. But for now, I'd like to treat you to a mini sound bath. If you're in the car or driving, feel free to listen to this as background music. It's okay, you're not going to fall asleep and run off the road. But if you do have time to do so, find yourself somewhere comfy, put some headphones on, maybe draw the curtains or put something over your eyes, put a blankie on and just lie back and enjoy for the next 10, 15 minutes.
Welcome back, and I hope you enjoyed that very short practice. Uh, I encourage you to find my Awake Within the Dream Sound Meditations album, which is available on Spotify, track seven being a full-length sound bath, which you can do anytime in the comfort of your own home. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you have, again, I please ask you to rate subscribe and maybe even share it with somebody that you love somebody that you think might enjoy it and just a reminder again that I'm not seeking financial gain from this podcast it is a teaching resource and something that I'm wanting to share with the wider community if you do want to show your appreciation in some way this week I've chosen the ACMF or Australian Children's Music Foundation as recipients of any donations that you wish to make they can be found at acmf.com.au. The ACMF believes that every child deserves access to life-changing music education because despite its many cognitive, emotional and behavioural benefits for children, the majority of Australian public school students do not have access to a specialist music teacher. If you choose to donate to this wonderful organisation, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I really hope you'll join me next week and the week after as we chat with two absolute legends in the field of sound healing. I'm so privileged that they said yes to my interview requests and I cannot wait to share the chats with them. So meanwhile, keep listening, keep your ears and hearts open.